the women, we're part of this struggle too. And uh, he says the next day, Woody tapped out the words to Union Day. And uh, so uh, we're going to sing that today. You know, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the Woody, right? There was the Union Day. expensive probably I'm gonna cry a little bit I'm sure uh, when when we were growing up in Wilton uh, my father my stepmother my brothers and I and all the various and sundry other creatures human and animal that we took care of uh, we did a lot of work and my older brother and I primarily probably felt like we were indentured servants and we threatened to unionize at one point and my father said this isn't, this isn't where that's going to happen. So I, I didn't take any of his organizing seriously for 25 years afterwards. I was like, this guy is a hypocrite. <laughs> we wanted our allowances higher. We weren't vocal enough about it. We didn't get organized. That's what was wrong. But what I, what I really mean to say is after this very idyllic experience in Wilton on a subsistence farm, watching my father work uh, a seven or eight hour day taking care of our gardens and our goats and our cows, uh, our horse, our pigs, our chickens, uh, and then he would go to work at the Times Union. He would leave at three o'clock in the afternoon, he'd be back at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And he was putting the paper to bed, as the old gnarled newsmen would say. And newswomen, I'm sure, but they didn't seem gnarled to me, so I wouldn't use that word. Uh, he was busy. He was a very busy guy, and it was always really cool to be part of that busyness. When we moved to Menendez, to Albany, for all intents and purposes, the real shift was all of a sudden there was this thing that had come out of nowhere uh, called the Solidarity Committee. And we were, my older brother and I, were kind of in our teenage years, 14, 15 years old, trying to kind of figure out the new landscape. You can't run around in the woods. and. There isn't an endless amount of physical labor to be done, so what do you do? Well, I was a weird kid, I guess, so a lot of the time what I wanted to do was go with my dad. 
And he would bring me to really cool places like the Patco picket line at the Albany airport. He would bring me to CWA. He would bring me to the Stillwater American Women Workers and show me the conditions that other workers are forced to live in. And I told you I was going to cry. <laughs> what I learned is what a great human being he is. What I learned is that he doesn't just take care of us or of animals. He loves everybody. And I don't, so I really respect that. <laughs> I think people suck, but that's a whole other matter. I'm, I'm teasing. Um, but what I learned from him wasn't just from him. Uh, it was from all of you. It was from the Greyhound drivers. It was, we were just talking about Frank Rosano, you know, in our driveway, <laughs> talking to our next door, very appropriate, very... A uh, very rapt couple that lived next door to us who were older, who were upset that the driveway was being shared by a couple of kind of brusque New York City type guys who drove around in a bus. And they were upset. They couldn't get their car in the driveway. And Frank's response was, I could park a freaking bus in here. I could turn it around. There were so many cool people that we met during this whole period. And uh, I still, to this day, feel uh, a way about not having come back from school to eat dinner with Cesar Chavez at my father's dinner table. So I really just didn't know enough to understand what a missed opportunity that was. But my great fortune is that I've had the great pleasure of eating dinner with many of you and with my father quite frequently. And you're all just as important to the working class as Cesar Chavez says, and I thank you for that. Happy 40th birthday. You're all such good people. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I'm proud to say that I've known Tom Ellis for quite a while, and Tom's up next with some, some remarks. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Greg. So I'm a, a newcomer to the Solidarity Committee. Um, I think I started about 1990. <laughs> so I'm a newcomer. I think newcomer, I started about... Yeah. Kid, our youth wing. What? Our youth wing. Our youth wing, yeah. Less than 70. <laughs> uh, anyways, we, we did a lot of events. We did a lot of Martin Luther King events celebrations over the years at the Wilburn Temple, and then at Toast, the Thomas O'Brien Academy of Science and Technology, and then at Hackett School. And we worked with quite a diverse coalition of people to put those events on. It wasn't just a Solidarity Committee event. We worked with the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists in Lackland and uh, New York State United Teachers and quite a few community groups. And you know, I truly believe that the Solidarity Committee, what we've been trying to do, over these years, as we've been trying to build that beloved community that Martin Luther King Jr. spoke about back in the 1950s and 1960s, where we don't just tolerate each other, but we actually like each other, we love each other, and we get along, and we appreciate the value of each of us. Um, there's some other things that maybe some people here aren't familiar with that 
the, during the 1990s, the Solidarity Committee, some of us used to go up to Pyramid Lake every year for a weekend, usually on the 4th of July. Yeah. And those were great events. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to the Pyramid Life Center. It's in Paradox, about 90 miles north of here. And we would hang out and have a few meetings and um, a good social event where we got to know each other a lot better. And for the last 20 years, we did those events at um, the farm of John and Stephanie, which were equally enjoyable. Um, let's see what else here. Another thing that I appreciate about the Solidarity Committee is the diversity that we've had in our, our newsletter over the years. You know, I've written articles about the, the annual conferences of the Underground Railroad, the Catering Peace Conferences, the Labor Notes Conferences, articles about the dangers of nuclear power, uh, articles in support of Palestinian rights, and articles in opposition to building power lines in Canada down through New York State which destroy habitat in Canada and damage the, the property of the native peoples. I, I can't think of another newsletter that would allow a person to write articles on such a wide variety of issues. And uh, just closing here, I think that I work as a teacher and I tell my students, I said, this is the best time for workers in the United States since 1973 that when the OPEC oil embargo started in October of 73, which was 50 years ago this week, really, I think, that that was the end of the post-World War II era of prosperity for a lot of people. And it's been 50 years of really difficult times for workers. But what I like now is that workers are coming back nice and strong in this country, and we're seeing workers winning strikes and it's going to be good when the um, auto workers can get a defined benefit pension again. You know, because maybe that will lead to a lot of other workers in this country who probably never even heard of what a defined benefit pension is to start getting those too. Anyways, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.